Hey, what's going on, Huda Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones. I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And as y'all can see, um, I'm actually in my office. Uh, I, I apologize for the mess. Uh, we got a lot of, you know, radio equipment around me and stuff like that. But uh, I appreciate you all checking out this video. Um, this is not going to be long. This is more of a uh, a Saints Q&A. Uh, yesterday, um, I took some calls uh, on the podcast and I was talking a little bit about, you know, the New Orleans Saints and what we learned uh, coming out of that Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, we we flipped our attention to Thursday uh, versus the Arizona Cardinals. So we know that this is a huge game for the New Orleans Saints. And we're answering the question, is it do or die? Um, so I'm going to be answering that question from my personal uh, opinion. And then I'll just go ahead and read some of your comments. So feel free uh, to put your comments down below. Uh, if you got any questions about the team or you have any comments, feel free to do so. This is what this show is mostly going to be uh, pertaining to your thoughts, your views uh, on this edition. Uh, but to answer the question, is this a do or die game uh, for the New Orleans Saints? I have to say absolutely. This is definitely a do or die situation. I mean. If you lose this game, you're two and five. And as of right now, there's like a 10% chance throughout history that teams that start the season two and four end up making the playoffs. And when you look at the New Orleans Saints schedule and you look at the gauntlet they're going to have to go through in order for them to even, uh, you know, get back to 500, uh, you have to believe that this is um, going to be a do or die situation. Uh, if the Saints lose this game to me, I just think that their chances of making a playoffs are probably slim to none. I feel like um, I, I feel like if you lose this game right here, it's going to be very, very hard for you to be able to go on that run. And I know that we look at this team, we look at these players, and we're like, hey, man, you know, like, why is it that we're losing? Why is it that everything seems to be going bad? And that's a good question to ask. I mean, there's no way that, a team this talented that possess these many talented players uh, should be in a position that they're in. Uh, you can look at it as an optimist and look around the NFL and see that there's a lot of bad football being played, or you can just sit back and just realize that right now, this is not a good football team. And in my opinion, this is just not a good football team. And you can say that you're waiting on Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry to come back, but based on, uh, you know, how long they've been out, it seems like you're going to be waiting for a while. The Saints have got to do something right now. They got to do something on Thursday. They got to win this football game because they're not going to make the playoffs if they they lose this game. And this is a, a winnable game. Now, I understand DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he's going to be activated. You know, he's served a six-game suspension. He's going to be off his suspension. So he's going to be a, a big factor in the game, especially since we know that Marshawn Lattimore isn't going to play. Uh, so we know that DeAndre Hopkins probably going to be lined up against Debo, or he's going to be lined up against Bradley Roby. And we know that DeAndre Hopkins would give even Marshawn Lattimore some fits. So the Saints are going to have to be prepared. Uh, they're going to have to be able to neutralize Kyler Murray, uh, make sure that he stays in the pocket. Uh, he went over 100 yards rushing uh, last week uh, or this past Sunday versus the Seattle Seahawks. So the Saints have got to be able to pay attention to him. Uh, you can live with allowing Kyler Murray to beat you from the pocket, but don't let him get outside the pocket. Uh, you know he's a much he's a smaller guy, so 
the the play designs has him rolling around, you know, moving out of the pocket in order for him to be able to see downfield. So the New Orleans Saints are going to have to make sure that they put pressure on him, make sure that you have a spy to account for the fact of uh, he's he's a running quarterback, and you got to go out there and try to do everything you can. Um, this, this to me has got to be played like a playoff game. And I understand that you're going to be limited, but nobody cares. That's no excuse, okay? We know that Michael Thomas is not playing. We know Jarvis Landry isn't playing. We know Lattimore isn't playing. But the good thing about it is there's a, there's a strong chance that Chris Olave uh, may be back. And if the, the wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints can kind of pick up where they left off in the game versus the Cincinnati Bengals, then I think that that would be good enough when you have a guy who has the potential to be a number one receiver and Chris Olave coming back, uh, taking a majority – of the target. So I look at this game once again as a do or die situation. If the Saints lose this football game, if they lose this game, that's a wrap. It's over. Like seriously, I know we talk about the NFC South and and all these things, but I just think that when you go from being a game behind and then all of a sudden you go from like two to three games being behind, it's going to be hard for you to be able to make the playoffs or even win the division because you have to win a lot more games. You got to go on a streak and you got to hope for a little bit of help. So this is an NFC opponent. This can help your resume. This can boost it up. Uh, if it comes down to playoff scenarios, you got to be able to beat, you You got to be able to beat these NFC opponents. Okay. You lost to Carolina. You lost to Minnesota. You lost to Tampa. You know, that's, that's three losses right there in the NFC. So you got to have to spring off some wins in order for you to even get back into contention. And it can start Thursday uh, versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we all heard uh, from Dennis Allen um, about how he felt about the team and the effort that took place on Sunday. I feel like a lot of that stuff was tongue in cheek, a lot of lip service, in, in my opinion. Um, I really feel like Dennis Allen uh, believes that he has what it takes to turn this team around, which he should, you know, and I hope, you know, that he does have what it takes to turn it around. I'm very skeptical about. Dennis Allen as far as a head coach, uh, but we'll see. You know, down the stretch, I feel like this could be the deciding factor of what type of team we are going to have as long as Dennis Allen is the head coach, okay? It, it's hard for me to accept that you're going to get anything better when you have, like, some really top-tier talent and you still can't be able to do anything with it. And and don't don't tell me about, oh, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, Dennis Allen, he was out without Michael Thomas and this, that, and the third. Well, somebody explained to me uh, what happened in, in, in Tampa. Somebody explained to me what happened in Carolina. You know, those are games right there where you had pretty much all hands on deck and you still couldn't come up with an offensive play call, uh, couldn't come up with some scenarios to help you win a game. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at Dennis Allen, you know, a little bit differently because I'm starting to believe that what we've seen out there with the Raiders is actually who he is. So I hope that he can change my mind. Uh, some of you that may feel the same way, I hope he can change your minds. Uh, I, I take no pride in saying this at all, okay? And if Dennis Allen comes back and the team responds, I would gladly apologize. But to me, I'm just very skeptical about the man that's leading this team right now. I don't feel like he has that that factor that you need in order for you to be a head coach for your team to respond. I think that, you know, as long as he's here, you're probably going to have uh, some close but no cigar games. You're going to have some, oh, we were trying hard. We was like, I, I like the effort of the guys. That, that's the type of games you're going to get, but very little winning going to be going on, okay? You, 
you like the hustle, you like the effort, all that stuff cool, but uh, is it equating to some win? That, that's just my opinion. Like, we talking about being tough and gritty, that's cool, but is it equal in some wins? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments, and we'll go from there. I'm going to stroll up. I'm going to go to uh, – Derek says, uh, if we lose this game, there should be some kind of shakeup on the coaching staff or with the players. The team will have a mini bye week uh, at that point to make changes. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you want to shake some things up because it's hard for me to say that – it's hard for me to see if you need, really need to shake something up. Maybe – you know, maybe like with the safety position, you know, I think they leave a lot to be desired, but that could be because Marcus May hasn't played in the last couple of weeks. Marcus May looks pretty good, you know, especially like when it comes in run support, he does a really good job. Uh, Tyron Matthew, I think we all can agree, uh, he is not playing like a honey badger, uh, playing more like a honey bee. Uh, I, I think that uh, I, um, his, I don't know if his passion, his love for the game is diminished or the fact that he just, kind of phoning it in trying to collect checks before he retires. I don't know, but Tyron Matthew has been playing like straight trash. I know he's the only uh, member of the secondary that has an interception, but he has not been playing well. He has not been playing up the standards. And, you know, when you look at a guy like – when you look at a guy like um, – man, I'm listening to this song, man. We got Tim's on the radio now. Yeah, Shouts out to Mr. Ernie. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah – you know, I just feel like, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired. He leaves a lot to be desired, man. I just think that um, he has to step it up. You know, I know that they got DJ Swearinger out there. I see him still going hard in the paint. I know he kind of flipped his, uh, you know, flipped over to boxing, but I'm pretty sure he's in really good shape. You probably can give him a call. Maybe he can come out. Somebody like Janora Jenkins maybe could give him a call. You know, I, I just think that this secondary needs to step it up. And also the front four of the New Orleans Saints have to step it up as well. But, yeah, you could see some shakeup, but I don't think it's going to be anything major. Uh, absolutely. I felt everything uh, Michael said on a big Q show. Uh, salute to him. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, Michael said, but I'm pretty sure it has the merit. It's chemo uh, approving it. Uh, let's see. Brother Jerry, who that? And great expounding and logic from you last night. Let's see. Dennis Allen is Haslett, a defensive coordinator that is in over his head as a head coach, and just like Haslett, he has no answer. I don't want to say Jim Haslett didn't have an answer because, I mean, we got to give Jim Haslett some credit. He's the first uh, Saints head coach to win a playoff game. Uh, the Saints had really good uh, defenses during that time, and it was it was a playoff team. See, this, this is what really happened to uh, Clint. It was the fact that, you know, Tom Benson, God bless his soul, was a skin flint. You know, like he was, he was, he would cheat. You know, I'm just being real. Like anybody that's been following the career and the life of Tom Benson when he was alive, dude would cheat. And when you had the New Orleans Saints, I mean, it was rolling, man. They had, they had Fields as the linebacker. They had Norman Hand as a defensive tackle. They had Joe Johnson, Leroy Glover on the side. They had Sammy Knight in the secondary. They had a really good defense, man. They used to call these guys the lunch bunch. I mean, but they was getting after the quarterback. Joe Johnson and Leroy Glover was getting after that quarterback. And the offense wasn't too bad, too shabby as well. I mean, you had Aaron Brooks and Joe Horn. Uh, you had Willie Jackson out there. I mean, you had Ricky Williams. You know, he was running the football pretty good. Deuce McAllister. You had the talent. It was just the fact that uh, Tom Benson didn't want to pay them dudes. And, you know, Tom Benson – didn't want to pay Leroy Glover. I think he ended up going to the Cowboys. Joe Johnson ended up going to the Packers. 
and Sammy Knight ended up going to the Chiefs. That's all that left was Norman Hand. He just kept Norman Hand, may God rest his soul as well. But I just think that Jim Haslett really was playing with his hands tied. You know, when the Saints really had a team that can that can do something defensively, you know, all they had to do was basically kind of get a, a few more pieces offensively, and they could have, you know, been a playoff team on multiple occasions. Who knows? They probably would have, you know, he probably would have still uh, been with the Saints for a little bit longer than he actually was. So I, I think it was a combination of Tom Benson and Jim Hassler, but Jim Hassler was, wasn't a bad coach in my opinion. He was pretty decent. I just think that Tom Benson just was just too cheap to pay those guys that was actually making a difference on his team because the the Saints in, in the 2000s, like, man, they had a really good defense. And Jim Hassler had them boys playing pretty well. So as far as my as far as I'm concerned, I just think that Tom Benson, you know, being as cheap as he was, you know, that kind of cost the team a bunch of wins. And you know, and, you know, and I just feel like he kind of changed the way that he thought, like start, when he started to get a little bit older in life. You know, when uh, Sean Payton got here, Drew Brees, that's when he really started opening up checkbook and he started like making like making you know business decisions. And also, I, I got to give credit. I know. You know, there was beefing towards the end of his life, but Rita Benson LeBlanc, she did a really good job, you know, when she took over uh, as the one that was calling the, you know, the day-to-day operations when Tom Benson uh, started to get a little sick. You know, she was out there really uh, making this team go. Um, And uh, I got a lot of respect for that, but I think Jim Hassley, the reason why he's not looked at as one of the best uh, Saints head coaches in history, which he should, is because Tom Benson was really, really cheap, and he did not keep those players around. I'm strolling down, folks. I apologize. I know I said a lot, but so if you don't hear your comments, feel free to copy and paste it again. Dennis Allen is dealing with a lot of injuries, and we don't have a good quarterback. I still believe in DA, and I think we will have a much better record if we had a good quarterback and team healthy. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now, uh, D-Boy. If you look at the New York football giants, they're doing the same thing. They're going through the same thing the Saints are going through. I'm going to say that again. If you look at the New York football giants, they're going through the same thing the New Orleans Saints are going through, but yet they only lost one game, right? And and people can say, well, you know, look at they, you know, look who they played. But they played some really good teams. They played the Baltimore Ravens last week. They played the Green Bay Packers. So why is it that that team can weather the storm? Right. They they don't have a, a number one top receiver. I mean, Kenny Galladay, I forgot he was even on the team. I mean, they ain't got uh, they ain't got Evan Ingram no more. They, they, they just got an unproven wide receiver out there. Kentarius, Tony, he been hurt. All they got is Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. And then I think that we all can agree that Daniel Jones isn't a, a really good quarterback. Like he, he's like he's in that Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston type conversation, if you want to be real. He's a turnover machine as well. He's a, he's a guy you you hit him, all of a sudden the ball going to pop out as a fumble. So they're going through the same situation. So for anybody that's using that excuse like all these injuries, well, look at the look at the Giants, right? Look at look at what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's not affecting them. And the thing about it is, you know, Brian Dayboy is a first-year coach. Dennis Allen, this is his second stint. So he has the opportunity to learn from the mistakes that he made at his previous stop, but yet we're still here looking at the same mistakes that got him fired out there uh, in Oakland. So I, I can't accept it. I can't accept that. Look at all these injuries. That That's an excuse to me because, like I said, you look at a team like the Giants, like it's not affecting them. You know, you look at some of these other teams out here, 
that that's dealing with injuries, you know, like, you know, it, it's not really affecting them. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just, I can't accept it. I can't accept, I, I can't accept the fact that these guys, you know, just, oh, they just hurt. That's the reason why. I can't do that. I heard Alante Taylor would most likely be back this week. Hopefully he can play instead of Harris Jr. Well, if that's the case, that would be a great, that would be a great addition. I didn't check any uh, New Orleans Saints news this morning. To be honest with you, I was uh, driving to the radio station. I just got here not too long ago. So if that's the case, that's great. You know, Alante Taylor, he showed some flashes in, in the brief moments that he was in the game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He made a, a stop. He had a, play, a pass deflection. So I, I want to see what the kid can do. And you, spe- you especially want to see what the kid can do because of what was given up so he can play. And that was C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who a lot of people felt like was the heartbeat of the defense and really feeling that way now that he's gone and the defense has been stagnant. So hopefully Alante Taylor can get it done and, uh, you know, the Saints can be a formidable defense. Uh, Tell me about it, bro. Uh, Let's see. It's early, but I feel like Jameis may be here next week. I mean, next year. But do we draft a quarterback in the draft or continue to be stagnant? on that uh, position. Nah, I, I feel like you need to draft a quarterback. Uh, seriously, I think you need to draft a quarterback. Um, and I, I just think that you need to, like, I, I think that you need to draft a quarterback and let them compete, right? You know, like, I, I hate to I hate to say it like that, but, look, the Saints don't have time to really be toying or trying to figure out what this guy can do, what that guy can do, because, when you're doing that, guys are getting older. Like Demario Davis isn't getting any younger. Uh, Cam Jordan isn't getting any younger. You know, Alvin Kamara is in his prime right now. Like you got to find ways to win. And this isn't a popularity contest. This isn't, you know, this is a star surge. This isn't America's Got Talent. This isn't who wants to be a millionaire, you know, when you're getting help from the audience. Look, this is about winning football games. And the football is a business. NFL is a business. And if you're not competing at a high level or you're high one week low in the next week you, you throw for 300 one week and four touchdowns and then next week you're throwing one touchdown like you need consistency okay and i just feel like if it don't pan out with dennis allen more than likely that's the direction we're gonna go in anyway because i'm pretty sure whoever decides if they want to be you know head coach here they're gonna want to have their own quarterback and we got to make it appealing the saints have a little wiggle room with the salary cap this year for the first time in I don't know how long. So hopefully that can actually translate into them actually building a team that can actually win some football games and not uh, get in their own way. It'll be interesting to see, though, but I do believe you need to draft a quarterback. Uh, We need a new medical staff. This is ridiculous every year. I don't know if we need a new medical staff, uh, Bronx, because – how what does the medical staff have to do with, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, going on a shallow cross and hurting his foot? Like they can't be out there, you know, like they can't, it's not like they can massage his foot to a perfect point where he can just be absolved of any foot injuries. Or, you know, like they're massaging the guy's knee or something like that. And like if, it's, if a guy rolls over your knee, you know what I'm saying? He rolls over your knee, he rolls over your ankle, he rolls over your ankle. Like it's if you go out there for catching somebody you know, hit you in a, in a midsection and hurt a rib, they hurt a rib. There, there's nothing really a doctor 
can can do about that. You know, like if you want to talk about the real rehabilitation process, then maybe. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, why is it that these guys are out so long? So it just seems to me like they're just trying to make sure that these guys are close to 100%. But are you ever 100% And when you're playing NFL football? Like, you can feel like you're 100%, but some, after one game, you'd probably go back down to 60. And like, so I just feel like um, they need to – I just think that maybe, you know, I did feel like we need to be asking the question, like, why are these guys out so long? And why did they feel like it's just okay to just be missing all this time? But I don't think it's anything that the doctor can do that can help them, you know, that can help them uh, from getting injured. I mean, that just comes with the game. TJ, I think that uh, the team has fell on deaf ears with DA. Just look at the body language of the team on the sideline. I don't want to say that they, I don't want to say that they're on deaf ears because I, I feel like this, okay? Being on deaf ears is like what the Carolina Panthers did with Matt Rule. Like, that was on deaf ears. Like, that was, like, man, forget you. You know what I'm saying? We're going to let these dudes go out here and score. And and that's what you call, like, being on deaf ears, giving up. What you seen with the New Orleans Saints, you see a, you see some fight. You know, like you see them out there fighting. It's not like guys quitting, giving up. Well, you can make an argument for Tyron Matthew, but I digress. You know, but for the most part, these guys are out here making plays. And, um... I got a lot of, you know, so as long as they continue to do that, I feel like he does have the locker room. But if guys are going out here putting before their best effort, like how they did last week versus the Cincinnati Bengals, and they go and play, and, you know, they do all the right things and they lose, maybe, you know, you start hearing little whispers in the locker room, and that's something that you don't want. Secondary been rolling out the red carpet to the end zone. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Derek, to be honest, that, that hasn't really been true. I mean, besides his last game. I mean, it was teams were averaging about 34% in the red zone on the Saints. You know, this was like the first time, like, the Cincinnati Bengals, they went to the red zone. They went, you know, I want to say three for three, so there was 100%. So the Saints have been a really good red zone team uh, throughout the season. It, it's just been, you know, this game right here, yeah, I guess you can call that an outlier, but we don't want – this to be a, a reoccurring thing, but it has been, it has been relatively good. There is on defense. If DA have a bad year this year and next, I wouldn't be surprised. Mickey uh, let DA go. DA has to turn this team around while the NFC is up for grabs. Now that's what I'm, that's, that's the worst part about this is that the NFC is so down this year. And, you know, the, if you look around the landscape of the NFC, I mean, there, there's a huge drop-off when it comes to quarterback play and, and overall teams. And this is a, like this, – this could have been a year – like let's just say, for example, in my opinion, if Sean Payton would have stayed, this could have been a year where the Saints could have been a number one seed and probably had a stronger chance to make the Super Bowl based on the talent that they had and, you know, even with the coaching. Because I feel like a lot of the losses when it comes to the Saints came down to the coaching, not so much the players, came down to the situations. And we know that – uh, Sean Payton is really is really good at situational football. So it's it's unfortunate that the NFC is so down and the Saints picked the, the worst time to be one of the worst teams in the league. But being down and being as bad as it is, it gives them a chance to, you know, possibly make the pro season. But 
that's not really what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm not one of those fans that just happy to make the playoffs so I can be able to hold my head up high when I'm talking to other NFL fans. I, I want this team to win it all because they have the talent, they have the ability. I just question the coaching um, that can get them there. You know, so I, I, that's that's how I feel about that. Uh, backs against the wall, this team uh, always uh, surge, no doubt. In my mind, Winston is going to come back and kick butt. I see us still uh, kicking in a, uh, let's see, kicking in a, a winning streak, TJ. Well, Bronx, you know, I like the optimism, and I hope you're right. You know, I hope you're right. I hope that they do go on a winning streak. I hope that they can get the job done on Thursday, and this actually just catapults them uh, to go streaking. You know, I just want this team to be consistent. You know, I just want them to be consistent. I just want them to make, not get in their own way. If they continue to get in their own way, and it's costing them games. If they can, can get, if they can get out their own way, then I feel like they'll be able to, you know, be able to win some games. But as long as they continue to do the things that they do to get themselves beat, it's, it's going to be a forever head scratch of the fans, and they're going to continue to be behind the eight ball. Defense been missing tackles all season. Yeah, there, there's ha, there has not been an emphasis on tackles. Even Dennis Allen mentioned that, and he even said he said we're not going to be able to get to tackling drills and stuff due to the short week. So hopefully these guys can take it upon themselves to wrap up and make these tackles and make an impact. You know, to me, I just feel like this team this, this team defensively is soft. It, they're soft, man. Like. You don't see too many big hits. You don't see physicality. You know, you don't see uh, these boys out here trying to, you know, impose their will. It's really, very soft, you know, and I just feel like they just need to turn it up a notch. It seemed like to me like everybody is playing like they're a training camp or something like that. You know, that that's the way I feel about it. Like, you you, you got to go out there. You got to tackle because if not, you're going to have a – it's going to be a long day. This is crazy. NFC South is still up for grabs. Just insane. Hope Saints capitalize and take advantage. Yeah, I mean, but as long as they continue to get uh, in their own way, I feel like that's not going to happen. There's still a chance. You know, as long as they playing games, there's still a chance. Uh, you can make an argument to say, okay, if they can just right the ship and win a few games before and, and, and get Lattimore back and get Thomas and Landry back, maybe they can go on a run. But it just seems like to me, like you're, you're squandering these opportunities. Like even that, even though Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry didn't play, you still should have won that game versus the Bengals. And, and honestly, if they would have won that game, it would have been a little bit of a steal, right? It would have been a little bit of an upset. So, but you cannot afford, you cannot afford to go on two over this this uh, four game stretch. I mean, well, this two game stretch here. You lost last week. And then you play Thursday, and if you lose that, like I said, it's, it's game over. It's game over. Kyler Murray going to slow our defense down uh, with cows on cat. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the Saints did a really good job last time when they played Arizona, neutralizing him, uh, you know, keeping him in a pocket, of, you know, made sure that he didn't uh, make any plays outside the pocket using his legs. So hopefully they can replicate that and they'll be able to get him down on the ground make sure that, you know, they keep them in a the pocket. Like like I said, you can live with Kyler Murray eating you up from the pocket, right? But don't accept the fact that him running out of the pocket. Like, don't don't accept that. Because like, you when you were going up against great players, 
you cannot get beat by the things that make that player great. Now, if it's, you know, him catching a one-hand snag or something like that, and the, the coverage is perfect, like you can live with those type of things. With Kyler Murray, if you if you throw the football, if you throw the football his way, you know what I'm saying? Like you throw the football, you know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that you make, you know, deflections or whatever like that, or you want to make sure that he uh, doesn't get the ball down the field. And if he does, then you can be like, oh, well, we kept, we kept him from doing the things that he does best. Uh, I agree 100%. What are they doing in practice? They really That's really concerning. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they are being pretty physical in practice. DA been talking all this offseason about how uh, he wants the guys to play through and the defense been playing. Uh, let's see. S-O-F, capital T. It's uh, <laughs> Uh, hit that one more time, TJ. Let me see. Okay, you want me to hit it? Okay, let me see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, man, they have been playing pretty soft Because I said man. soft? Because I said soft or what? I said I spell it. S-O-F capital T. Soft. <laughs> yeah, they've been playing pretty soft, man. So I, I just think that uh, they just need to they need to pick it up a little bit. They need to pick it up a notch. Ryan says, TJ is ugly, brother. Andy Dalton has uh, back problems. Now uh, we hurt <laughs> across the board. Where do we go from here? I wish I can tell you, but I, I really, I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know where we gonna go from here. You know, try to win. You know, we'll see though. You know, I don't know the, I don't know to what extreme his back is injured, but we'll see. Uh, every team deals with injuries. No excuses when you look sloppy and don't finish games. Yeah, I mean, look, the injuries to the Saints is not the reason why they lost this game. Like it. It wasn't because you're like, man, Michael Thomas would have made this catch. Jarvis Landry would have made this catch. It's not like that. Like, they lost because the defense didn't step up when they needed to. They lost because they they took five trips to the red zone and kicked four field goals, okay? And then you, you, you follow, like I said, you follow that up with a bad defensive performance that's equal to an L, a big fat L, a big ginormous L, and that's what the Saints got. Jim Hasley going to be the XFL head coach this year. Well, that's good for him. Like I said, I don't think Jim Hassler was a bad coach. I, I don't. I think that he was a good defensive mind. Um, he stayed. He even though he left the New Orleans Saints, he stayed in the league as a defensive coordinator for many years with the Washington then Redskins, and uh, he's been around the league and he's well respected. And I just think that at that time, Tom Benson would cheat, and he did not want to pay for the players that were the core players that you could have built this team around. Like you could have. You could have had a real good defense, and you know y'all was more. There was more of a smash mouth run the football with Deuce and, and, and you know with Deuce McAllister, you know during that time. So to me, they could have they could have been something, man. But I just think that Tom Benson was just too cheap. Like how do you how do you allow a guy to leave that? I want to say when Joe Johnson left the New Orleans Saints. I think he had maybe like 12 or 13 sacks that season. I mean, like something crazy like that. And Tom Benson just didn't want to pay him. And if you're old enough to appreciate the play of Sammy Knight, I mean, him and John Lynch to me was like neck and neck. You know, Sammy Knight was, he was the enforcer on that, in that secondary. And then you have Leroy Glover, who was also coming up, you know, making sacks as well. He had double-digit sacks. And Norman Hand was stuffed in the middle. I mean, they had a really good defense during that time. And Tom Benson just completely, like, just allowed those guys to walk out of the door all because he was being cheap and didn't want to pay those guys. That was, that was the big.
Yeah, I apologize, folks. Uh, let's see. D Young says, salute, TJ. The biggest disappointment is our D-line. Uh, they have not uh, been nasty uh, like the previous years. The old has found their rhythm and identity. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, look, it's a good thing that the offense has found its identity, and thank you very much for the 499, D. It's good that the, the offense found its identity, but it's not good if the defense can't stop anybody. What you have is 2015. Basically, where you had uh, the offense putting up some points and the defense couldn't stop anybody. So as you can have as many yards, as many points as you want, but if the defense is allowing other teams to be able to go downfield and do whatever they want, it's not going to matter. Once again, it's going to be like 2015 when Drew Brees was out there putting up 32, you know, 40 points, even sometimes even 50 points, you know, like, but they still, you know, saying was, I end up losing games. I mean, y'all remember that game where the Saints played the 49ers? It was like 48 to 46 or something like that. Like, offense was clicking. Defense couldn't stop the San Francisco. It, it's, it's complimentary football. They call it that for a reason. And if, if the New Orleans Saints continue to uh, not play balanced football, then they're going to forever be in the same position. And we're going to find ourselves looking at this team and we're going to, you know, we're going to be like, man, they got all this talent, but they just can't get it all together. Tyron Matthew really got depressed when the Chiefs let him go. I feel like he's not there mentally anymore. I don't know what it is. And like I said, I don't know what's going on with Tyron Matthew. Right now, you know, it's not looking good. You know, it's, I don't even think, I don't even think like, you know, like sometimes people like, well, this guy didn't, you know, he didn't fell off. I don't even think it's that. I think that, Maybe he's going through something, you know, I don't know, personally that's affecting his play or what. I don't know. Like, I just know that a guy that talented just don't forget how to be that talented overnight. Like, I just think that the Saints need more out of him, and they're they're not getting it. They're not getting what they need to get out of the Honey Badger, especially uh, a guy that they they felt was was worth the investment of bringing him in. Right now he's just looking like a a mere shell of himself, and – it couldn't come at a worse time for the Saints. Saints have some teams coming up that have been struggling to win as well. There's still hope as long as we run the ball and score in the red zone. Yeah, Jason, I mean, those are the biggest issues that they had against the Bengals, right? Uh, making sure that you come away with six points instead of three points uh, in the red zone. And uh, if you can get those red zone woes under control and you can get back to playing defense, and maybe tackling to get off the field, uh, maybe not give a team 60% on third downs like you did against the Bengals, uh, I think that they should be okay. But it's going to take a Herculean effort out of everybody in order for the Saints to get back uh, to 500. It, it can't just take uh, the defense. It can't just take the offense. It got to take both sides of the football, including special teams, to be able to get out of this get out of this hole. But right now, you know, they're stuck in the mud. and, and all this round in the corner and we, we're almost dead type stuff. I mean, to me, that just, I, I'm just, I'm just smacking my lips. I'm, I'm just upset. I'm just like, man, whatever, you know, like just win some games. Like at this point, you're just kind of tired of the excuses because if you're that coach, if you're that guy, if you're that leader, you're going to find ways to win in spite of whatever you're going through. Like you still going to come up with a sound game plan and you're still going to have guys motivated and you're still going to be able to be able to call the right game and understand the ebbs and flows of the game. You're still going to do that. 
but I, I can't keep on hearing about how close we are, right? Because the closer you telling me that we are, the further I feel that we are. So they're gonna have to figure this thing out, man. D boy, uh, thank you very much for the two dollars, man. I appreciate that. Um, let's see, black screen. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was going in and out. Y'all know I'm, I'm on my phone right now. Uh, I rock with you, SOTS. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, support. Uh, Norma says, I just don't see how the Atlanta Falcons are a better team than New Orleans Saints. Well, it's because to me, you know, you got to give Arthur Smith some credit, man. These guys are playing really hard for the guy. Uh, to me, he probably the best coach in the NFC South. I mean, I'm just being real. Uh, and those guys believe in what he's selling them. I mean, you can tell there's a difference in the play of, of the Falcons. I mean, I, I could see that. Uh, even though the Saints got away with the heist of the century, um, you can see that. You can see um, that this is a different football team. You know, I mean, I'm glad they, I'm glad they uh, won. I'm talking the Saints, but I mean, look, I understand we don't like the Falcons, but they are better than the Saints right now because I feel like what Arthur Smith is selling them, they bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and they're playing hard for them, and. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this division. Like, seriously, based on how the Saints have been playing and how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, dealing with what they're dealing with and Carolina just an absolute train wreck, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Falcons win this, win this division because, to me, it seems like they're a little bit more stable than most of these NFC South teams, including the New Orleans Saints, unfortunately. Uh, stroll down a little bit more, and let's see, the only way – uh, is to draft a quarterback and hope for the best. There's no free agency uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, there is. There's a man by the name of Tyler Hundley that I, I'm very high on. Like, Tyler Hundley, to me, is a franchise quarterback. He's a guy that you can build your team around. And him sitting on the sidelines, uh, being a backup to Lamar Jackson, uh, is just basically, um, you know, it, it's just basically going to be a culmination of what, what you know, uh, of, it, of a, you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's going to be the start of something special. I'll just leave it at that. Like, I, I, just, I think that dude is a franchise quarterback. And if it don't pan out with Jameis, if it don't pan out with Andy, Tyler Hundley is a guy that I'd be very high on to bring in here. Because I don't know if y'all ever seen this dude play, but he has good accuracy. Um, he, he has good escapability. He's not Lamar Jackson when it comes to the elusiveness, but he can, he can, he can fly. And, and he has a really good deep ball, and uh, he has a good mid-range game. So I encourage you, like, if you haven't seen this guy play, Tyler Hundley, like, he is he is special. And it would not be a surprise to me that he'll be a starting quarterback on somebody's team next year. So that would be a guy – that would be a guy I look at. You know, if, if it don't pan out with Andy Dalton, it don't pan out with Jameis, Tyler Hundley, to me, can be your next franchise quarterback. I think you can win a playoff. I think you can win playoff games with him. I think you can build an offense around them. And if you combine, you know, Saints, you know, maybe transition into more of a running team, you add Tyler Huntley, you got yourself a playoff team, fellas and ladies. Uh, TJ, I was checking out a Bucks podcast. Amazing how their gripes with Bowles uh, exactly mirror our gripes with DA. Yeah, you know, I don't know what you're talking about uh, as far as with the podcast, but you talk about uh my guy Buckles Locker, yeah, he pretty he pretty level headed when it comes to the knowledge of the game. So I don't know if you were talking about him or not, but 
I can see him talking about him and being, you know, critical about that because, I mean, he's pretty much a straight shooter. He kind of similar to what we do here. Um, you know, he, he don't sugarcoat. He, you know, if he gives teams credit when credit is due, he criticizes when they need to be criticized. So I don't know if you're watching him or not, but, yeah. I mean, you look at Dennis Allen, you look at Ty Bowles, which you have a two really good coordinators, not two really good head coaches. We're out of avatars laughing. Uh, I've been on the Tyler Hundley train myself. He looked good last year in games. Also, Red Rocket showed up on the injury report yesterday. Curious if Taysom starts Thursday. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, if he starts, but I doubt it. Um, I, I doubt if he's going to start. Uh, I think that Andy Dalton, I don't think it's going to affect him to a point where he's going to miss the game. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, if that's the case, then they probably going to end up starting Jameis. You know, Jameis is the emergency quarterback, which they told, you know, which they said. But if, you know, something was to happen, you know, he could have came in the game. So that that's the way that I look at it. Um, so if Andy can't start, more than likely, they're probably going to put Jameis in the game. I can hear you, TJ, uh, just the black screen. Do y'all still see a black screen? Y'all just see me on the black screen? Because I, I can actually see myself. So I don't know if that, that just happened or not. And if, if you all you can see is a black screen, I apologize. TJ, uh, it was the uh, Loose Cannon podcast, but I check out your guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I never I never saw the Loose Cannon uh, podcast. Well, I don't know. I apologize, man. I don't know why. I don't know why it's a black screen because I can actually see myself. Let me see. Okay. Well, anyway, you know, I apologize for the black screen, but y'all say y'all can hear me though, right? Let's see. Do you still believe, uh, do you all still believe in Jameis if we lose to the cards? Should we just roll with him for the rest of the year? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I look, I still believe in Jameis Winston. You know, I still believe that he can win some games. And, you know, I'm not going to jump off the, you know, I'm not going to jump off uh, Jameis Winston train because, you know, he threw a few interceptions. I'm just not going to do it. Like, I, I still feel like he has talent and ability and all that kind of stuff to, in order for to help you win some football games. I also believe like if you combine like some of the plays that the Saints have been running uh, these last few weeks, I, I think that, you know, you incorporate Jameis into that lineup. I think you can still win some games with him. So I still believe, I still believe in Jameis Winston. I'm not going to give up on a guy because he throws some interceptions. I, I'm just not going to do it. I still believe in a guy I still feel like he has an opportunity to change the narrative and the Saints even being a game behind, if he was to come back in and they go on a little bit of a run, then, you know, I think that all will be forgotten about it. And, and even some of the, uh, you know, people that have been, you know, that's hating on him or feel like, you know, he's not the guy going to have to have an appreciation for what he's done. But this is up to James, you know, like I can, I can say whatever I want about him. I can, I can talk about the confidence I have in the guy I can talk about all the things that he can do, but it's up to him to go out there and perform and do well in order to change that narrative on his own. Uh, it's only so much people can say. There's only so much what people can do. And uh, you got to go out there and you got to prove it yourself. But I believe in him, man. You know, I believe, you know, he can he can win you some games. Now, what the Saints, you know, look at him as a franchise quarterback going forward? I don't know. But 
I think you can win some games with him. TJ Taysom uh, gets to start Thursday. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to start or not. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that he would. I mean, I, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on uh, if and, how hurt Andy is and how hurt, uh, you know, Jameis is or how do they feel like Jameis can be able to go out there and play. So there could be a possibility. I'm not sure. Uh, I also think we need a new general manager. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if we need a new general manager. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if I don't know if you need to be focused on getting rid of like Mickey Loomis. I, I I mean I don't think Mickey Loomis is the issue. I think Mickey Loomis tried to do the right thing. I mean, once again, it wasn't like the New Orleans Saints were like a bad football team last year and they fired their coach. I mean, Sean Payton stepped down. So I can understand his 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 mind frame about trying to keep the team intact and, and keep familiar faces around the facility in order for you to continue to keep that camaraderie that you built. So I'm I'm not mad at that decision. I think that that was a smart decision. Like we can't you know get mad at Mickey Loomis for making decisions like that and then turn around and praise him when him and Kai Harley and the rest of the, the executives get together and they get the money right and they bring in certain guys that we need so i mean it's crazy because we were praising these guys in all season because they brought in tyler uh tyron matthew and jarvis landry and, and they drafted chris Olave. so we was we was talking about how great they were now all of a sudden like the Saints lose a few games now we talking about getting rid of mickey loomis like i don't agree with that i don't um i think that mickey loomis you know it, it just it's just a it's just a break sometimes sometimes you you hit, sometimes you miss. And, and this is one of the times that, you know, Mickey Loomis missed. But you're going to have to take some gambles if you're going to be a successful executive in the National Football League. And you can't be afraid to pull the trigger, try to be aggressive in order to help your team win. So I'm not mad at him at all. Uh, I'm a Ravens guy and Hundley wasting away behind Lamar. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my whole point. Like, I would not be surprised, like, if, I would be shocked if this dude not a starting quarterback in the National Football League next year. Like, absolutely, positively shocked if this dude not. And the Saints would be absolutely insane if they don't make a phone call. If Andy don't pan out, Jameis don't pan out, they would be absolutely insane not to make a phone call to bring in Tyler Huntley to be uh, the, uh, the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Because this dude has all the tools you need in order for to you order to be a successful quarterback in the league and i think i want to say this is like his his almost maybe it's like his second year so he hasn't been in the league that long and i think like being behind lamar jackson and also having some starts i mean I, i've seen games i want to say they played against uh the green bay packers i mean he he played outstanding so i, I think he has all the tools to be a franchise quarterback so that's a guy that's a guy that would be on my radar as as a, the next starting quarterback if these other guys don't pan out. Uh, Loomis been an issue. That's uh, why we always have to let good players go. Well, look, I just think that hindsight is twenty twenty right now, and I don't think that Mickey Loomis is the problem. I don't. You know, when you look at the New Orleans Saints, for example. Back in 2012, the Saints drafted Kenny Vaccaro, right? 
Ken Vaccaro, his rookie season, he was real. He was doing really well. Well, the Saints didn't pay him. They didn't pay him. They allowed him to go to the Tennessee Titans. And who ended up coming in? Well, Marcus Williams and Von Bell. You know what I'm saying? Like Von Bell. Von Bell played better than Kenny Vaccaro. Marcus Williams played better than Kenny Vaccaro. So throughout the years, the Saints have never really historically paid the safety position. They just never have. Like, you look at the players. I mentioned Sammy Knight earlier. They they didn't want to pay, you know, they didn't pay Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, they didn't pay Marcus Williams. They didn't pay Von Bell. They didn't pay Malcolm Jenkins. So that's just a position that they just do not pay because they feel like that anybody can kind of just go into that position. This is like, to me, like the first year in a long time where the safety position has come back to haunt them. It's it's the one of the first years where it's just this eye-poppingly bad. You know, like, man, it's, it's just so obvious that, you know, the safety player is lacking. But this is the first time you've done it. And it's and I think the decisions that Mickey Loomis have, has made, uh, you know, for the most part, have been better than the bad decisions that he made. Because I don't think anybody's complaining about him trading with the Eagles, even though the way that they're looking right now is going to be a top pick for the Eagles. But I don't think nobody's upset that the Saints got Chris Olave in the process of this trade, right? They were able to use the trade from the Eagles to acquire Chris Olave in the draft. So I don't think anybody's mad at that. So that's you, – you probably are upset about the draft positioning because the Saints are losing. But at the time, like what they got in return, I'm not mad at. And so I just think that sometimes you're going to hit and miss. Sometimes you're going to look like the smartest guy in the room. And then there's other cases when you're going to look like a complete moron. And I just think that that's one of those times where the Saints, you know, it, it, it looks bad for them. It looks bad for them because they're, they're not winning. If the Saints were winning, would we be talking about that draft pick? No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about uh, the draft picks at all. All right, so it's only it's only a dumb decision because the Saints aren't winning, not because not because you know what they got in return. Let's see, TJ, you know the Saints insane. <laughs> uh, I think that the Dalton back injury would force the Saints to use Taysom more. Yeah, I mean, but I think they had a good balance of Andy and Taysom in these last two games. You know. Having Taysom under center, being able to do the RPO thing combined with uh, some throwing play, uh, plays, you know, I think they use him and Andy Dalton pretty well. So maybe they can replicate that, you know, again. Do you think there would be a bidding war for Hundley? What do you think they would want? Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if there'll be a – well, I'm pretty – no, yeah, I take that back. There would be a bidding war for him. Um, depends on how desperate a team is. I can see – to be honest with you, I can see the Indianapolis Colts giving them a call. Matt Ryan, the experiments uh, with Matt Ryan, uh, it's, it's not working out. Matt Ryan, uh, his his best days of football are definitely behind him. I can see Indianapolis uh, making a call. Uh, depends on the, the severity of the injury to Tua. You know, I can see Miami uh, making that phone call. Uh, I can see... I can see New Orleans making that phone call. There's a few teams I can I can see making a phone call like that uh, to try to get them down, you know, try to get them to that to that team. So it, I think it probably would be a few teams in the, in the league that would be interested in it. 
you have to take into account, like some of these teams are probably going to end up drafting their own guy. So to me, I think the Saints would have a, a, a better chance of getting Tyler Huntley uh, based on the fact that maybe some of these other teams will probably be so bad that they can actually get the quarterback that they actually want out of college. Uh, the Saints won't have that luxury because they'll be picking in the second round. And unless you're like really, like really devoted to a second round quarterback, my advice to you is to, to get a guy like Tyler Huntley if these quarterbacks don't pan out. This team makes you want to say, uh, screw the paper bags on your head. I will put on a plastic bag. <laughs> well, look, them paper bag day is over, man, regardless of what the Saints do. Tyron Matthew trash. We need a refund on him. Uh, our team is like a five-speed uh, 1,200 HP race car, and no one on the coaching staff knows how to shift gears. Yeah, it's like a Ferrari in, in a garage just collecting cobwebs and dust. Uh, I was thinking about at least uh, the 10 years with Loomis, not just the post-draft. He was trying to be the GM and run basketball operations. But look, <coughs> all I'm saying is Mickey Loomis has been a really good general manager for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not going to let, like, one bad year, like, just ruin it. Like, what – what? and I don't even want to say, like, this, this is just a transition. I, I can't see – Mickey Loomis just doing something, you know, doing something that just absolutely like insane time after time, like some of these other uh, GMs. Now, you know, he has, he has had like, he has had, he has done a really good job. I mean, he produced the 2017 draft him and Jeff Ireland. Right. And he has done not so good job when he tried to sign Jerry's bird to a six year deal, you know, making him the highest paid safety in the league at the time. And he did absolutely nothing except collect the check and get hurt every year, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's hit and miss. Like you're not going to, you're not going to knock it out the park every time. I mean, every GM has a bad day. Every GM makes a bad, a bad business decision. But the, the, the thing to do is to make better business decisions than not. And I have to say he has made, really good business decisions here over the years. I mean, I, I don't think without Mickey Loomis, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation like as, as Saints fans. Like we'll probably be somewhere, you know, below 500 every year looking like the Jets, right? I mean, he was the one that hired Sean Payton. He was the one that, uh, you know, saw that after Drew Brees to bring him to New Orleans along with Sean Payton. So, you got to give them credit where credit is due. You know, I'm not going to like just, I'm not just going to beat them down just because the Saints are having a bad year because we was praising them in this offseason. I'm just saying, we, we was really happy about how aggressive this team was, including like when they was talking about signing uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, some people may have had their reservations about Deshaun Watson, but the fact that the Saints even tried to pursue him it just showed you like he was trying to do what was best for the team. So I'm gonna give him I'll give him a pass, man. I'm gonna give him a pass. The Saints got the old pale medical staff. Do we keep hoping Dennis Allen would improve or we get rid of him now? To me, I just feel like what more do you need to see? Right. I just feel like if he if he's here for another year and if this well, let me backtrack. If the Saints have a bad season and it, you know, and they don't make the playoffs. I just feel like, what more do you need to see from Dennis Allen, right? 
you gave them the talent, you gave them the resources. Rather you hurt or not, rather you had injuries or not, that's still not an excuse because, like I said, you look around the landscape of the National Football League and you look at teams like the Giants and you look at teams like the Jets and you look at all these other teams, you know, that, that, that have these new head coaches, they, they're playing much better. They're playing harder. They're playing smarter football than what the New Orleans Saints are doing. And this is Dennis Allen, once again, second stint. So this is your second stint. And it's crazy because the two coaches that have gotten their second stint in the NFL, the, you know, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders and Dennis Allen with the Saints, like they, they're probably playing some of the worst football, those teams. So it just, to me, it's like, hey, I mean, you are who you are, right, at this particular point. So I just think that you got to have leadership skills or you don't. And to me, I just don't think he has that leadership quality to be a head coach right now, at least right now, I don't believe. Uh, not encouraged about uh, our chances Thursday night. Yeah, me neither, you know. I mean, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not as confident, you know, because I just seen this team basically run almost a, a near perfect game plan and they still got in their own way because the defense didn't show up. It just, I don't know. I don't know what more you need to see. You know, I mean, they did everything right and it still didn't equate to a win. Fans bringing up bad kids weren't around back in the day and don't realize how inept those teams uh, ownership and front offices were we're struggling right now but keep things in perspective eugene that's because you know some people ain't never been in this position like me and you we have we have been in this position we we know that the new orleans saints were not a very good football team and the only thing you can basically gain from being a saints fan at that time was moral victories seriously moral victory there, there were very little victories so uh, I know a lot of Saints fans, you know, that, that know about these bags and stuff like that. They probably heard from their mama, their daddy, their uncle, their grandma, their grandpa. You know, like they, they don't understand how bad those teams were. Like those teams were like, like I'm telling you, man, it was like a show on Comedy Central or something like that. That's how bad those teams were. Like it was like slapstick comedy. It was like watching an episode of The Three Stooges or something, you know what I'm saying, when Curly used to like – you know, lay on the floor and didn't go around in a circle. That's just kind of how it was, man. It was, it was a uh, football follies at its best. Like you can make highlight reels and with football follies and just use our episode of New Orleans Saints uh, footage. That's how bad this team was. But I look at this team now, like man, y'all, like some people, like you know, talking about putting bags on and stuff like that. But I, I can take it back, okay? If I had a DeLorean. If I can holler at Michael J. Fox and get his DeLorean and take you back to 93, I can really tell you some bad football. I mean, it just it's just frustrating because you know that this team is capable of winning and they're not. But let's just put this thing into perspective. Like they're they're still they're still way more formidable than they were in the nineties. Like when we when I was watching, they were they was they were not very good. Yeah, so there is some optimism here, but the Saints got to make sure that they get out of their own way. The answer to solving a problem isn't solving it by firing someone. If some of y'all were running this team, we've had no one left. Yeah, look, I I, I just feel this way here. Um, I don't think it's the players. Like, there's not a player, there's not a player on this team that I feel like you can't win with. You know, like, I feel like you could, 
even even Tyron Matthew, you know, the way he's playing right now, I still feel like you can win with the players that you have on the team. But I do question the leadership. And it just makes me just wonder, like, if you got all this talent, all this all this skill on the field, and yet you can't find ways to win football games, that's alarming to me. That's just very alarming. And like I said, we can talk about injuries all day, but I just feel like a good coach is supposed to come up with a, a, a really good game plan, and you got to find ways to win because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when players get hurt. And the fact that they're not winning and they're constantly getting in their own way and we basically can co- and we basically can uh, come up with these comments on rinse and repeat over and over again because we talk about the same we we talk about the same things over and over again like we we got the same punchline every single time and it, that that to me is is very very alarming illegal hands to the face on the Panthers no need for that TJ you can keep nine to three bro like for real like. I can tell you, I can show you some bad football. Eugene, I agree. They had no idea what it's like being a part of the Aints back in the day. Uh, what we were going through now is simply a transition. Yeah, and they and if, even in a transition, they playing formidable football. They're just not winning. The Saints playing with a lack of energy. When is Alante Taylor eligible to come off IR? Well, um, if you if they put you on IR, you got to stay on there at least uh, four weeks, right? You have to be out there. At least, you can't play for at least four weeks. So he got hurt in the second game of the season, so he should be eligible to return now, right? Because I mean, he went on IR after that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So the Saints have played Minnesota, Carolina. Um, well, yeah, I think I think he should be eligible um, to come off IR, and so he should be he should be eligible to come off. So they they play if they play four games, okay, so, yeah, they had to right because they played Carolina, they played Minnesota, and they played Seattle, and they played Cincinnati. Yeah, so he he should be able to come off IR now. He should be eligible to uh, be in this game if he's he's healthy. How serious do you think Michael Thomas' injury is? Well, it, you have to believe it's, it's, it's really serious. You know, and the fact that he has missed going on his fourth game, and, you know, some people have been criticizing the Saints organization about not putting him on IR. You know, I, I can understand why they didn't want to put him on IR, because maybe they didn't understand that the injury was more serious than what it actually was. And maybe they felt like, oh well, he he's out for a couple of weeks, and you know we'll we'll have him back. But I don't think they imagined that he would have been out this long. So the fact that they didn't put him on IR, the fact that they're not going to put him on IR tells me that he should be back more than likely for that Raiders game. I mean, I didn't I didn't think he was going to be out that long, but man, that's kind of the story of Michael Thomas' career the last couple of years. Uh, the fire, uh, the Saints' uh, lack is now playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Is it possible for DA to flip the switch and stop being so conservative? I feel the answer is no. You either have that healthy level of cockiness and arrogance, or you don't. DA so far clearly isn't. Well, I, I just think that it's rather you have it or you don't. You can't just walk up in the locker room one day and just have it. The guys are not going to buy that. You got to be true to yourself. So. People want, you know, Dennis Allen to go out there and throw a water cooler across the locker room or uh, pull down a locker. I just feel like, you know, 
nobody is going to respond to that because they know that's just not in his DNA. That's just not who he is. So you got to be careful to stay true to yourself. And if Dennis Allen has shown that he's kind of, you know, more of a, you know, player's coach, that's just who he is. And that's just what the, what the team is going to believe. You're not lying, TJ. Fans since 81, and I've seen stuff that will turn these young folks white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's it been, it been some bad football. And I like to like, uh, even though I was born in 86 and a lot of my memories with the New Orleans Saints came in the 90s, I'm still a little bit of a historian when it comes to football and, you know, watching, you know, football. My my grandmother has been a Saints fan since, you know, since the expansion year 1967. And uh, she, she's still a hardcore fan. My grandmother watches every episode of this podcast that I do. And uh, every time we talk, she always talks about this team, like, if I was to put if I was to put my grandmother on the line and y'all y'all be like, man, she know she know her thing. So I she talks about some of these years, but it, it never wavered like her 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 love for this team. Um, you know, so yeah, but back in those days there was some there was some bad football being played. Some very, very bad football. And it's just funny like watching I don't know, watching modern day Saints fans who never really experienced like true struggle with this team because it seemed like everything seemed to be going right. We were always contenders to look at them now and be like, you know, like they just feel like, you know, everything is just all bad and we need to get rid of this, get rid of that. Sometimes it just comes down to wins and losses and, and how you actually call in a game. Six games in and every loss we have is self-inflicted. That is the most frustrating thing about this season. It's not like we're getting blown out by anyone. The team has the potential. Yeah, that's the thing, Hart. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about it all is because you know that this team is talented. You know that they they have the pieces in order for them to be successful. And once again, you mentioned it, they're not getting blown out. You know, if you were getting if they were getting blown out, I think we all can just understand that it's not our year, right? We could just be like, hey man, it's just not in the card for us to be successful. It's not in the cards for us to be one of the teams, the best teams in the NFL or the NFC, rather. But when you're watching a team do all these things that, you know, all these other teams that have winning records do, and then it just comes down to making a stop or two and you just can't do it, or it comes down to you trying to convert and you taking a sack or it's a false start or it's a holding or it's a legal hands to the face, it's like, my goodness, like, why can't this team get out of their own way? But the teams that can't get out their own way end up being very bad teams. Trade Mike T for Hundley. He's damn as good. Love Mike T, but something's not right. Look, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't on board uh, with the whole Mike T trade thing. I, I, I wasn't, you know, because of you know the salary and stuff like that, and what you know how much that would actually be if you were to trade him. I think at the time, like, you know, it would take like it would take like a huge cap hit, like $18 million or something like that if they were to trade them. But if things continue to be the way that they are, that may be something that they might end up doing. Now, I don't want them to do it because, I mean, we all know that Mike T is a beast when he's on that field. But I don't know, man. Like, teams are counting on you to play. And this is coming up on 30 games, right? Like, since since Michael Thomas has gotten his contract, I want to say he has missed a total of like 30 games. This would be game number 30 that he missed since he signed that new contract. That's crazy, right? But 
teams don't have to count on you, man. I mean, if they can't count on you to be on the field, like, you basically just wasting a roster spot. And you can talk about, you know, it's not his fault that he get hurt. It's not his fault that he gets hurt. But teams are counting on you to make plays, and they're counting on you to be the Mike T that everybody came to know and love. And if you're not around, then people are going to be like, hey, you know, you know, what's going on with this guy? Why he's still, you know, on the, on the team? Maybe we need to explore some trade options. I don't know. But if if things continue to be the way that they are, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints end up, you know, doing it. I don't – and especially, like, since you see, like, the emergence of Chris Olave, like, Chris Olave to me is only going to get better. Like, he has number one receiver-type talent. So if things continue to go in that way, in that direction – it could make it could make Mike T expendable. It would be uh, it would be hard to watch him play for someone else. But you know, teams, you know, they, they you know, guys want to know that they can actually count on you. And teams are investing a lot of money in you. And if you're not on the field, then it might be it might be one of them cases where they end up trading. Might end up doing something they don't want to do, but they got to do what's best for the team. Cat is saying trade a uh, wide receiver. We need a defensive line. Coaching sucks. Your check got me drinking again. Well, it's too early to be doing that now, homie. That <laughs> a little bit too early for that. Uh, <laughs> I guess you said six o'clock somewhere, right? For anyone that wants to know how bad we were back in the day, just pull up some games on YouTube and have uh, some Henny and cognac uh, ready. Isn't Henny con? Isn't isn't Henny already cognac? Somebody, somebody, isn't Hennessy cognac anyway, right? <laughs> isn't it a form of cognac? Maybe I'm wrong, man. Somebody, somebody help me out with that. I think, I think, I think Hennessy is indeed cognac. Uh, let's see. Wondering if he will, uh, he will play the next game. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play Thursday, but he might end up uh, playing against the Raiders. What's alarming is you can find the words named Delta, Beta, Omicron, and Zeta when you look up the constellations. <laughs> Let's see, TJ, I just got a notification the Saints restructured Hardy's contract. Uh, what it entails, Hart? Just just let me know. What, what's it entail? Uh, let's see. If the season goes down the drain, I say it's time to rebuild, break this team up. I don't know, man. I don't, look, I feel like you you got the right pieces in place in order for you to be you know a winning franchise. I I just have questions about the coaching. I don't, I don't have questions about the players. I think the players, I think they have the right players. Maybe you need to add a few guys or two. You know, maybe like tighten up the offensive line just a little bit more. Uh, maybe uh, tighten up the front front four a little bit more. Maybe get rid of Peyton Turner because he's wasting space. Out, he's looking like a bust. Uh, probably getting rid of Davenport. I'm just being real, you know. Uh, I, I I think that you need to go out here and try to get yourself a quality pass rush, somebody that you know for a fact going that's going to be able to sustain a, a 17, 18 game season and be able to get to the quarterback. Because look, I know we count on um, Cam Jordan to do a lot, and we should. But Cam Jordan getting up there in age, and the same drafted guys like Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport to kind of pick up the bloodstained banner, if you will, in order to carry the torch. And you know, it, it should be 
I, you know, it, it should be. If if you ever seen, okay, they they had this meme right. On one side, they had Master Splinter, and they had like four the four young Ninja Turtles, like little baby turtles. And then on the next scene, they had the they was growing up, and it was like basically carrying Master Splinter. That that's kind of how it's supposed to be, right? You know, Cam Jordan when those guys came in, he they was the young bucks, right? And Cam Jordan was you know leading leading by sacking, and you know what I'm saying he was he was letting his play reflect his leadership. But I just feel like those guys need to step up at this particular time. Like, okay, this man helped y'all. You know what I'm saying? This man been carrying the team. Now it's time for y'all to pull y'all weight and just, you know, kind of carry him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just to, you know, not to say that Cam Jordan ain't capable, but I'm just saying you should, if, if Cam Jordan getting 10 sacks, then Davenport at that time should be getting about 13 or 14. Or, you know, like Peyton Turner need to be getting about six or seven. Like they ought to be, they ought to be better at rushing a quarterback at this particular point. They should be able to like develop like all their skills in order for them to be able to get to the quarterback. But what you're seeing is a 32 year old man outshine and outwork 26, 27 year old guys that are first round picks. Okay. And it, it is not good. Like they supposed to be carrying, they supposed to be carrying Cam Jordan. Like, you know, they, they supposed to be like hunting, and, and Cam Jordan is basically, you know what I'm saying, get a little, supposed to be doing this thing and enjoying this last, you know, few years in the league. But you ain't seeing that, you know. And, it, and now everybody's like, man, what Cam going to do? What Cam going to do? But, man, what about these young guys? What about these young guys, man, that, that are six, seven years younger than Cam Jordan? And Cam Jordan out there outworking them. That's sad, man. Hendrickson, you talking about all talk. Uh yeah, man. Look, I always, man, I've always been high on Trey Henderson. Always, um, <laughs> like I, I, man, this is like him playing in Cincinnati is absolutely no surprise to me whatsoever. Like I'm talking about when Trey Hendrickson. I remember it was the year before. I want to say like 2018. Trey Henderson led the team in sacks during the time. I think he had like four and a half sacks, like over like three games or something like that. It was like something crazy like that. And I was like, man, this dude going to be good. And he ended up getting hurt. Like he ended up having like some type of neck injury that kept him in and out the lineup. But I was like, man, this dude going to be something special. And then the following year, that's when the Saints were trying to go out there and get Davion Clowney. And I was like, man, they don't need Clowney. They got Henderson. And people were like, man, what you talking about, man? Trey Henderson, he always heard this, that, and the third, blase, blase. I'm like, well, Clowney always heard too. And he and he hasn't registered 10 sacks in his entire career at that particular point. And I don't think he still has. So I was like, man, Henderson, I'm telling y'all, man, Henderson going to be a starter on somebody's team the next year. And then people were like laughing, thought it was a joke. Now look at Trey Henderson. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. So to me, I think the biggest mistake the Saints ever made was allowing that man to get out the door because if you would have signed him to a to a nice little contract and you put him opposite of Cam Jordan, I guarantee you'll have more production with the pass rush right now than what you have uh, with Davenport and uh, in and out of the line of Peyton Turner and Tano passing you and stuff. Uh, Henny is Cognac, LOL. I have three different types. Dang, hey, I love Cognac. Don't even know Big Toast on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I like, I'm like, yeah, Hen, 
I'm like, I think that is a form of a cognac. But yeah, yeah, you're gonna need you're gonna need uh different types, you know, dealing with them games back in the day like you was alluding to. Davenport and Turner always injured and have uh no moves, so we should have kept Henderson do do a uh, more better player. I just think that he has a better he had like what makes Trey Henderson so special is he he has a high motor. Like he he's not gonna beat you with like pass rushing skills like Aaron Donald would and set you up like Cam Jordan with the spin move. Like he just brute force. Like if you if you watch him play uh on on the right side, what you see is like he would just pushing James Hurts back. You know what I'm saying? He would just collapse in the pocket. Like he wasn't out here. Like, you know, with the spin move, he went out here with the, you know, with the Reggie White hit you over there, club you over the head type thing. He went none of that. You know, like, he, he's just out there with Bruce Force. And that's, that's what makes it even more impressive because he don't really have many pass rush moves. All he has is that bull rush, but it works every time. And he's extremely, and he's extremely uh, disruptive doing it. They need more speed on the defensive line. Hey, you ate breakfast. No, I didn't eat any breakfast. I didn't eat any breakfast at all, man. Um, not really a big breakfast person. Um, I'm not like a real big egg and grits type person. I'm more of a lunch person. Give them a chance. Uh, you'll be eating your words. Um, if that if look, if I'm eating my words, then I'm happy to do that. Like I, <laughs> I don't mind being wrong, Anthony. Like I don't come on here. Like I'm not. You know, I, I try not to be, you know, I'm not a a person that's just beyond the fact of saying that I'm wrong. Like I, I want, I, I would love to be wrong, Anthony, to be honest with you, but that's not going to stop me from feeling what I feel right now. You know, I mean, some of the things I may say may end up being an overreaction and I'm okay with that. I, I am. I am okay with if these words, somebody play back or somebody find the loop a couple, you know what I'm saying, weeks later. And they saying TJ eating his words. I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, I don't want this team to be bad. I don't want this team to be, you know, where they are right now. I want them to be much better than what they've shown. So if we have to come back and we have to uh, get back to this point, and I have to eat crow, I would love to eat that. Okay, I, w- I would take two. I would take two big bowls of crow if that's the case. But right now, you know, I mean, just looking at this, this this isn't this isn't a team that's gonna that's gonna win anything. Uh, did they say uh, Baker had to earn his starting job back after his injury? Shades of Texas Tech. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I feel like Baker probably giving them the best chance to win is in Carolina. So they probably want to keep him on the bench because that'll help them maybe get that first overall pick and they can get the quarterback that they need to lead their franchise. Uh, I still have hope for my team in D.A., I guess we just need a bit more, a bit of patience. I think we have been too accustomed to showing. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I, I absolutely agree with that. I can't argue with anything that you say, but the reality is, once again, go back to that old saying, it's hard to be the man, after, you know, the man that follows the man, right? It's hard to do that because everybody is looking at you differently you know like because you're the guy who replaced the greatest head coach in franchise history the guy who led this team to the super bowl so if whatever mistake that you make is amplified any decision you make in 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 a a football game is amplified the losses are amplified 
So that's just the way it goes. It is unfair, yes, but that's just the way things go. It's about, you know, it's about the results. And Sean Payton has spoiled the New Orleans Saints fan base with wins, success, and relevance. And I don't think any Saints fan wants to give any of that stuff up. Fair enough? The Saints D has too many daddies. <laughs> the defensive tackles need to play better. I agree with that. I'm very disappointed in Davion Yamada this season. I don't know what's going on, but they need to figure it out. TJ Harder restructure creates 1.7 of cap space with four avoidable years attached my guess is they may be setting up to make a trade and yes that seemed like that seemed like there's, there's some trade stuff going on right there uh but look they got look, look Deontay Hardy deserves a chance to to be out there as a full-time starter on somebody's team and he has the tools and the talent to be a really good receiver you know he's a guy who can be really good on special teams um and if he's not happy, man, like let him go somewhere else where he can, you know, he can flourish and and, and prosper. Like, I, I, man, I like this dude. Like, I, I really do, man. I, it gives me like no, like it get. I, I don't feel good at all. Like talking about Deontay Hardy because I, I, he's such a good dude, and like he's a genuine guy. You, you know, what I'm saying he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, and uh, he, he's like he's a really good person. But I just feel like he just. I, I just think he feel like he has more to offer and, it, and it's bothering him. You know, it, it's affecting, it's affecting his play, it's affecting his decision-making. And uh, I just think that maybe he does need to go somewhere else where he can actually benefit, you know, and be able to be a contributor to the team. My my hope is he lands somewhere like New England or something like that, because I feel like he would be like really successful uh, in their offense. Like, I think that he would really be a game changer. Because I think that Bill Belichick will find ways to use him and utilize him, and he'll be a like he'll be a star in the league if he can stay healthy. Uh, if they aren't trying to win a Super Bowl, pack it up. Thank you for the one ninety nine, Nick. I agree with that. I'm gonna take a few more, and then we're gonna get up out of here. The Drew Brees era fans cry too doggone much. Well, I, like I said, it, it's hard to follow greatness, right? Because everything that you do is being evaluated by the person that came before you your predecessor right so we i mean it is hard like i'm i use the example like if you was in a really good relationship everything was going right something happens to your significant other the person that gave you all this happiness and stuff like that and then all of a sudden like you have to you find yourself out there trying to find that happiness again and you go out and maybe that person that you dating may not be on that level as your ex or that person that you was with you might look at it completely different like man i just think i deserve a little bit better than that i used to do this i used to do that you know what you deserve right so it's hard to go back when you know what good looks like when you know what success looks like when you know what prosperity looks like like nobody nobody wants to live in a mansion and then go you know living in a one-room shack somewhere right you if you you lived in a mansion for 16 years and then all of a sudden like they say oh my man i'm sorry sir you lost all your money now you living you know what I'm saying paycheck to paycheck and in a, in a poverty line and you know living in a you know a one-room shack they're gonna be like man what the heck going on here man I, I, it's gonna be a a shock to you so it's a shock to a lot of these fans you know it's, it's a position that 
they're not used to being in, like a hopeless position. Like it used to be like, oh man, you know, help is coming, this person coming back. But now it's like, I'm not too sure about that. And I'm not too sure about the coaches. I'm not too sure about the message. I'm not too sure about what this team is actually doing. So there it is. Um, I just think something is wrong with Tyron Matthew. When he was with KC, he played with more passion, no type of uh, passion right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think something is going on. Like I said, I don't know. Um, it's not my business to, to know that's on him. But I just know he's better than what he's been playing. And it's it's unfortunate that he's in that way. But hopefully he can get back to being that 100 Badger that we know and love and guys can actually, like, get some type of uh, motivation from watching them play making them step their game up. Uh, but I want to say uh, thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all for your questions and your comments. Thank you for making State of the Saints podcast one of the fastest growing Saints podcasts out there and one of the best Saints podcasts out there. Thank you all so much for uh, being here with me, sticking with me. I ask that you hit the like button if you have not already. Uh, I ask that you uh, check out uh, me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and also Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>